Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a hey, ton of styles. And you want to head over there and camps. check everything uh, out. You simply go to Viridian Global. Viridian Global.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store. And man, you'll see all the t shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor. We recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at Viridian Global. Thanks for checking them out. Dynasty dilemmas, they'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Monday and welcome to the Rookie Rundown. I am your host. My name is Memphis. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please take a minute subscribe and notifications turned on thank you for tuning in tonight on this show i'm going to be doing my stack rankings for the 2020 and 2021 rookie classes from a dynasty perspective now normally i am joined with my co-host dallas hyder but dallas is taking care of some personal stuff so i am going to be flying solo going to try to give you about 30 minutes of content today talking about these draft classes. Do want to take a minute to thank you for the five star reviews. For whatever reason, the Android or non Apple podcast subscriber, they're kicking ass, man. They're rating and reviewing the show because I can see the number of reviews. Apple has stayed stagnant. We're at 198. I would love to get two more. And that is one of the best way, along with rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing the show everywhere. Great way to help support us here at the Dynasty War Zone. Do want to read one real quick, and it says, I can get player opinions and hot takes anywhere. That's true, by the way. These guys focus on strategy and the how and why behind every move. This is next-level advice. That is also true. Animus Max, thank you so much for your review of the podcast. It goes a tremendously long way toward helping us. Same thing with YouTube. 
subscribing, notifications turned on. Again, that's how we grow the show. Again, you can follow me at Twitter, uh, at, excuse me, DWZ Memphis. The show is Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you're not on social media, you can reach us at Dynasty Warzone on Gmail. So that's Dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. The, uh, the secondary importance of the YouTube is that if you don't get this podcast on a regular basis, double check YouTube because if it's not, if it is there and not in podcast form, that could be a glitch and that'd be a great, great way to help me out. So I am, uh, I'm going to jump into this, man. Uh, stack ranking these classes. I do want to get into a couple of things. There might be some profanity. Uh, we'll try to keep that to a minimum. The, uh, the good folks over at YouTube are not what you would consider tremendous fans of the F-word. I'm a big fan of the F-word, but the guys over at YouTube, the group there, not so much. So, uh, wh- why is is the running back cl- I mean, just frustrating? Why is it that the rookie running backs get drafted to a spot, regardless of draft capital, and it just has to spell certain doom for all the running backs on a particular team? I want to know why. I don't know why, but I want to know why. I don't get it. And just when I think others are starting to get it, they don't get it. Uh, Heard a fellow podcaster uh, talking about this on his podcast over the weekend. Now, if you're like me, you have kids in youth sports. My son plays these god-awful marathon baseball tournaments where they're all day Saturday, where they're all day Sunday. And I can only hear so much... uh, so much, uh, you got this, you got this, you can do it. Eventually the uh, the headphones go in, the podcasts, the podcasts go on. And I was listening to a, a fellow podcaster talking about a trade that he had made. And the nuts and bolts of the trade really don't matter, but he, he, he wanted to keep Tariq Cohen. And I agree. I agree that he wanted to keep Tariq Cohen, and I agree that that was a good idea. This particular league had very deep starting requirements at the running back position, and I believe that going into a 17-game season, that running backs are going to be at a very, very big premium. Uh, But what I couldn't understand about this particular podcaster, not his trade, I don't really care, I think it was a fair trade, but what I don't understand is that this is a, a podcaster that's very, very excited about James Robinson getting crushed from a dynasty value perspective by Travis Etienne, but he wanted to keep Tariq Cohen. I I don't understand that logic. Why would you be excited about keeping or attempting to keep Tariq Cohen while I agree that is the correct move? It is the correct move to keep Tariq Cohen for the 2021 season. Uh, Based on what he said on his podcast, his team was a contender. You know, thumbs up. There's going to be injuries. I was listening to Pro Football Focus and another football-based podcast with Albert Breer, and they were talking about how the NFL could, in, in a small way, go NBA and do some load management. So a lot more running backs are going to have a lot more value. So I don't understand this, this hate of James Robinson and his value when it, when it fit the blind spot narrative of this particular podcaster but he wanted to keep Tariq Cohen for a trade. It didn't really add up to me. 
But as it were, I'm going to jump into my top 10. Before I do that, I want to talk about our patron just real quick. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And it continues to grow. Brought in several new members this week. We are just wrapping up our Australians. Yes, we have that many Australians that we're doing Australians versus Americans in a patron league. We're going to start our first auction. Now that Sleeper has the auction capability, we're going to start that this week. And then sometime in June, we will be starting Patreon 12. Great group of people in the Patreon. It's a, it's a safe space to come. If you're new, you're going to like the conversation around trades and how-tos. Uh, you're going to like the bonus podcast that has a lot about strategy. And if you're a veteran, you're going to love the group chat. You're going to love the chat that is literally going nonstop. Like when I record these podcasts, I have to turn my phone upside down. Because if I don't, it gets very distracting and... So yeah, the, the, the group chat, there's a little something for everyone. And the price, the price is still just 5 bucks a month. What can you get for 5 bucks these days? You can get a month of premium Dynasty Fantasy Football Contests. Or excuse me, Dynasty Content, not Contest too, we have leagues. But you can get $5, will get you all that premium content. Or, or on the East Coast, it will get you a gallon of bootleg gasoline. So five bucks, not a lot to invest in your dynasty rosters, especially if your league is dry. If you've already had your group chat and your league has went back into hibernation and you're looking for a good group to talk fantasy football with, especially dynasty, patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone is a great place to take your game to the next level. So I am going to jump into the stack rankings and I wish I could see the YouTube comments, but I try not to get too distracted. When I'm flying solo, it's, uh, it's a little difficult to be the only host on the show and, and to do all of the production stuff, but I am going to knock this shit out. See, you can say shit on YouTube, but you can't say the F word. So here we go. My number 10, I'm going to do these in reverse order, like I did the quarterbacks about two weeks ago on the Wednesday uh, Dynasty Warzone show. So I'm going to go backwards from... 10 down to 1. So my 10th running back from these last two classes, from a dynasty perspective, it's James Robinson. You know, life comes at you fast, especially if you're James Robinson. One minute, you're an undisputed bell cow back, and the next minute, you're part of a committee. Now, I never for one second didn't think there was going to be additional help in Jacksonville. I never thought he was going to continue to get that usage pattern and what I didn't expect was them to spend a top 32 pick, a first-round pick, on a running back. But here we are. And I know it looks bad on the surface. And, and overreaction and negative reaction is often the go-to reaction as it relates to running backs on Twitter and in the fantasy space in general. Yeah, it sucks. Because if you had James Robinson a month ago, you had a guy who was going in the top five, six rounds of Dynasty Startups to a guy that I saw in that Americans versus Australians patron league that I saw go somewhere in the ninth round. I think maybe even the tenth round. And, and that's where his value is today. But it's cool. You're still going to have a guy, especially if you're a contender, that you can really use for your Dynasty rosters. 
Um, went back and did a little research on Urban Meyer, uh, his most recent two seasons, 2017 and 2018 in Ohio State. Uh, he ran a 55% share of rushing the ball of all plays, 55% were rushes. And in 2017, 49%. He rushed the ball. about So basically you can say half the time an Urban Meyer offense is going to rush the ball. Now, in fairness, at Ohio State, he kicked the shit. There's that word again. He kicked the shit out of everyone at Ohio State. So when you're playing from ahead, especially late, you can rush the ball more. Will that be the case in Jacksonville? Probably not. This 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 Jacksonville defense is still bad. Got a long way to go. But I went and looked at last year's Detroit Lions under new offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, Daryl Bevel. The the Lions last year ran the ball 37% of the time. So then I did some more research, and I looked at that last year. The average NFL team ran just over 1,000 plays. It was about 1,050. So if they rush the ball somewhere between 40 and 50% of the time, that's going to be in the neighborhood of 400, let's just say 450 rushes. No running back in the league is getting 450 rushes. So even if Travis Etienne comes in and demands a large a large percentage, let's give him 50%. Okay, so that would be 200, just over 200, 225. And the old, decrepit Carlos Hyde takes 10. That still leaves about 160, 170 touches from a rushing perspective for James Robinson. Can he be an RB2 for your roster? You bet your ass he can can he be the top five RB that he was last year? No, he cannot. But don't let the negativity in the world if you already have James Robinson. And if you can go get James Robinson cheap in your rookie draft, if you can throw like a, a, a second to get James Robinson, I'd rather have James Robinson than some of the guys going around like the 204, 205 in your rookie drafts. So uh, James Robinson, number 10 for me. Number nine. Last two running back classes stacked ranked. Javante Williams. How many times do we have to see this movie? How many times do we have to see this movie before we realize we've saw we've seen this again and again and again? Let's go back to 2019. Miles Sanders drafted in the mid-second round, I think 53rd overall, if I remember correctly. And there was a guy there named Jordan Howard. Now Sanders got injured in camp. I think it was a groin or a hamstring. Started off slow, got hot down the back end, league winner. Let's go to Mike Colts, Indianapolis resident, big fan, Jonathan Taylor. Last year, Marlon Matt got hurt game one. Jonathan Taylor and his second-round draft capital, I believe he was 41st overall in his draft class, comes in, gets hot down the stretch, league winner. How do I know? Ironically, I had both of those guys back-to-back years in Trade Attic 7, won back-to-back championships. Did I draft Javante Williams in 2021? No, I did not. Maybe I made a mistake, but I think we're fading Javante Williams for the wrong reasons. Am I supposed to be afraid of a chicken-legged Melvin Gordon going into year seven of his career? Or maybe it's year six. Came out in 2015. Because I'm not. I'm absolutely not. And I think Javante Williams will maybe get off to a slow start. Of course, this team wants to lean on the veteran early. I've seen this movie before. Not scaring me in the least bit. I am taking Javante Williams. as, And this is the guy I feel like I'm probably too low on. I should maybe have him a little higher. 
but I think this next guy is going to be the one that pisses people people off too. So, uh, J.K. Dobbins is my number eight stacked ranked running back from the last two classes, and I know. I know, guys. I know the Ohio State hive is going to come after me. They're going to burn me to the ground in the comments. They're going to burn me to the ground on the podcast. And I, and I understand. Ohio State, very popular school. J.K. Dobbins, an incredible talent. But just got to be honest with you. Is J.K. Dobbins electric? Hell yes. Was he my RB1 last year going into the NFL draft? Hell Yes. But that doesn't change this offense for me one bit. I hate to jump on the trendy narrative because it's been going around a lot on Rashad Bateman that this offense is, you know, you know, it, basically this offense is built to allow one player to be excellent in fantasy football, and that person is Lamar Jackson. Uh, there's no real PPR value. Lamar is like, you know, first read, second read, third read, run. Whereas a guy like Jared Goff, and we're going to talk more about him later, spoiler alert, but Lamar does not check the ball down. He is the check down. He tucks it, he runs it, and he absolutely kills the PPR production floor for J.K. Dobbins. You know, I don't know how this offense can sustain two 1,000-yard rushers with Gus Edwards in the mix. You know, Lamar's going to be close to 1,000 if he remains healthy, Gus Edwards' usage and his production, if you look at his production profile on Pro Football Focus, he's been very good. He's been very good at the running back position, and I just see a continued three-headed monster. It's not that I don't love J.K. Dobbins, all you Ohio State scarlet and gray fans or whatever the blue hell the colors are. I do like J.K. Dobbins. I'm just not sure what his role looks like, and I'm not sure how the the touchdown usage at the goal line is going to be. I would love to have this man higher. I said it last year. I'll say it again. Had J.K. Dobbins landed in Miami. And, yes, Miles Gaskin landed just outside my top ten. Had he landed in Miami, it would have been two big thumbs up. I, I love J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is a stud. But this is the Lamar Jackson show. And if you own a Raven that isn't Lamar Jackson – there are going to be weeks where you're just going to be disappointed or pissed off or both. So love the talent, love the offense, not sure about the usage. So for those reasons, Mr. J.K. Dobbins is number eight. All right, number seven, another guy that I feel should be higher, but I can only rank him how I rank him, and that is Clyde Edwards E. Lair. Uh, I'm not so sure the Chiefs don't bring someone in. It's great that Damian Williams is now plying his trade in Washington, excuse me, not Washington, in Chicago with the Bears. And it's basically CEH and, and a couple of guys. I don't even know who the hell they are at the top of my head. I think Daryl Williams may still be there. There was the uh, the rookie from two seasons ago. Ah, God, God dang it. And, and, and he was so, he was so gosh darned electric that I've already forgotten his name. You remember who I'm talking about. I think he got one snap in the Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. But it's not hard to not fall in love with this guy who's probably going to be the third option in the passing game for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it should be Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
Absolutely stoked to see what Clyde Edwards Elaire can do in this offense. They didn't bring in a lot of skill, you know, skill guys to compete for targets. And his his targets per game could literally as crazy as it sounds, five, maybe five or six. And you start extrapolating that out across, let's say, 15 games. Let's say he misses two, 17-game season, you know, and it's easy math. That's 90 targets. You know, he converts 75%, you know, that's, you know, 67, 60, 65, 67 target catches on the season. That's a tremendous floor. And how can you not be excited about a running back running behind this offensive line? This offensive line right here that added Joe Tooney. That has the return of Kyle Long from retirement. There's that French doctor dude, DuVernay, who opted out last year to go help fight the pandemic. And then they traded their first-round pick for Orlando Brown. They went from ditch to ditch, and this offensive line wasn't bad last year. This offensive line last year was, was solid until both Mitchell Schwartz and new Colt Eric Fisher got hurt in the playoffs. Probably the reason why they lost the Super Bowl, but... I may be too low on him, especially for a guy as the, project, the projected touch leader for such a great offense. But for now, I have Clyde Edwards as my RB7 over the last two classes. All right, number six, Travis Etienne. And basically, you can take a lot of what I said about James Robinson, except he's a much better PPR back. He is, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm not a film grinder. I leave the film grinding to the grinding experts. My buddies Nick Whalen, Ray Garvin, uh, Garrett Price, those guys do a tremendous job grinding the film, and he appears in my very amateur eye of watching this as a very good pass catcher. James Robinson can catch passes, but Travis Etienne is a pass catcher. Do I believe the horse shit? See, I can say that one too. Do I believe the horse shit that he's going to be the slot wide receiver and he's going to kill LaVisca? I, no. Will he do some of that? Yes. And that's why I'm so high on him. Now, the perfect scenario for all of this for me as a Travis Etienne fan, as a James Robinson fan, would be for the Jacksonville Jaguars to do the right thing and trade James Robinson to the Atlanta Falcons. Where would I have James Robinson in these ranks if he were to go to the Falcons? I don't know. I don't know, but it would be higher than 10. That is for sure, and that would also move Travis Etienne up as well. Guy handled a lot of touches at Clemson. You know, ACC school, Power 5 school. Really excited to see what his role is. Uh, another guy that I, I could be re-ranking a lot higher when I do this exercise again next year in what should be a much more talented class. I think the top three or four guys in this class are pretty darn good. And then it's a bunch of bums. But it's hard to take him any higher than this right now. And his early season role is really going to come down to his efficiency and pass protection. Will the Jags and Urban Meyer let the fate of Andrew Luck befall Trevor Lawrence, I hope, well, I hope not. I'm a Colts fan, but uh, it sucked to see what happened to Andrew Luck with poor offensive line play and getting hurt. And you got to protect that golden goose. So I think that the, the Jags will probably start the season with mixing ETN a little bit slower. And I think he'll come on later in the season. Also very similar to what we saw with James Robinson. Excuse me, what we saw with Miles Sanders 
and what we saw with Jonathan Taylor a couple of years ago. So, all right, I'm going to take myself just a quick second and get caught up here. Now, Viridian Global is our official apparel provider. You can check them out at viridianglobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store. And I just booked a meeting with the guys over at Viridian. And you're going to see some new Warzone merch very quickly. It's been hard to link up with those guys. They do so much great work with a lot of podcasts. I would like to think that we would be the top the top of their food chain, but we are not. They work with a lot of tremendous shows, and we will have some new merch very soon. All right, let's get back into this top five. The top five running backs from the 2021 and 2020 rookie running back classes. Number five, Antonio Gibson. And someone out there is just dog cussing me. Someone out there is telling me I'm an idiot. Someone is out there telling me I'm wrong. How in the hell can you have Antonio Gibson over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? How can you have him over Travis Etienne? It's real simple. I like him the fifth most of these running backs, so I put him ahead of those guys. For me, I know TDs are not the stickiest of stats, but I can't get 11 touchdowns in 10 starts out of my head. He did play 14 games, but he was only listed as the starter in 10. And I can't get that touchdown per game, actually a little over, out of my head. Again, not the stickiest of stats, but that resonates. I can't get the fact that he came into the NFL with less than 100 carries in college. And that was a big deal. Oh, he's going to be a bust. He doesn't rush the ball. None of that shit mattered. None of that mattered. He came in. He rushed the ball for 170 times in the NFL for 4.7 yards per rush. He can clearly do it, and I clearly believe he's going to have a larger role in 2021 and going forward. I can't get 44 targets. I get it was Alex check down Smith out of my head, but it's not like Fitzmagic won't check the ball down. He's not going to go full Lamar Jackson. Will he run one at 39 years old and probably get smashed at some point? Yes. Will he check the ball down to his running backs? Yes. And I believe that this is going to be the season where he'll take more of that receiving back work from guys like J.D. McKissick, and he'll have a bigger role in this offense. And the last thing, I can't get Christian McCaffrey's 2019 season in this same offense out of my head. Uh, I may have him one spot too high, but I love Gibby. I've seen enough. I believe in the offense. I believe in another good offensive line. They added another dynamic playmaker in Deami Brown. They brought in Curtis Samuel. They still have my man Terry McLaren. This is going to be a really fun offense, and Antonio Gibson is going to be a large part of it. He is my RB5. My RB4. Now, some people will say I should probably have him a little bit higher, but... I forgive me if I don't have faith in the in the Detroit Lions, even though it is my co-host Jerry's favorite team, my best friend Jim's favorite team. A lot of our patrons have ties to Detroit, and it's their favorite team. But DeAndre Swift, another guy with high draft capital, uh, taken 35 overall in the rookie draft last year. I, I wish I could be higher, uh, and I think I will be higher this time next year. But for right now, this is a little. A little bit of a hedge. Uh, You know, he's got a new head coach. 
the kneecap biter himself. I'm about played out, by the way, on the kneecap biter jokes. I get it. It's funny. But I see what Detroit's doing, and I, I see some, uh, some, some roads being laid to build a good team in the future. Uh, but, but Dan Campbell came from New Orleans. He saw how Sean Payton used Alvin Kamara. He is new offensive coordinator is Anthony Lynn, and he was part of the offense that force-fed Austin Eckler in both 2020 and in the games that he played in 2021. He's got a statue of a quarterback, again, the anti-Lamar Jackson, the anti-Kyler Murray. He's got the statue. He's got Jared Goff. And Jared Goff has got limited weapons on the outside. And this is perfect for guys like Travis Hawk, for uh, TJ Hawkinson. And it's perfect for DeAndre Swift. I could see DeAndre Swift being an RB1 in 2021 on pass volume alone. It will not shock me if we look back a year from now and we look back and Swift had over 100 targets in 2021. Bad, bad team, losing behind a lot, statue quarterback checkdowns. This narrative almost writes itself. All right, three more. Got the big three running backs from the last two running back classes combined. Najee Harris. Now, you can never call anyone... Uh, guaranteed not to bust. But if I feel like anyone in these last two classes is bust-proof, it's Najee Harris. Some people in this world just want it more than other people in this world. Uh, I, I love the person. Uh, character does not rush for touchdowns. Being a good person does not catch footballs. I understand that. But I'm a big believer in mentality. I'm a big believer in uh, remembering where you come from. And all the stuff that Najee does off Najee, by the way, Najee, I've seen him do off the field matters. Uh, comps to Matt Forte, those are super nice. And in this offense, he has the PPR upside of peak left bell. It's just tantalizing. It's just tantalizing. And, and I know the, the popular narrative here for the Najee haters, for the haters that say Pittsburgh should not have drafted a running back this high in the draft. The narrative is, is the offensive line's bad, and it's not good. You know, they lost uh, Alejandro Villanueva to rival Ravens. Uh, their center, Pouncey, retired. Their best lineman, I think, is 32 in DeCastro, and all of that makes perfect sense. But how many eight-man boxes, how many eight-man boxes is this guy going to see when he's in 11 personnel and defenses have to worry about Deontay Johnson? They've got to worry about Chase Claypool getting loose. They've got to worry about Juju TikToking on their logo at the 50-yard line. And Eric Ebron and eventually Pat Fryermuth. By the way, side note before I finish my take on Najee Harris, there is going to be a quarterback. I don't know who. Could be a rookie. Could be a free agent. Could be someone they trade for. But there is going to be a quarterback that lands in Pittsburgh next year and that quarterback is going to be inheriting a nice, young, offensive team full of good pieces and, and, and a good mix of weapons. I can't wait till they get rid of the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. And again, what's the common theme? PPR. It's a Graham Barfield stat, and I, I forgot to put it on the show notes, but I'm going to try to remember. I believe if the math is correct, a, a passing target is worth 2.8 times as much as a single rushing attempt. Uh, 
And that's why I love all of these guys with these statue quarterbacks, the PPR floor. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I think Najee just kicks ass his freshman year in the NFL, his rookie year, and is going to be electric. And for that reason, he's my third. He is my third running back over the last two seasons. Number two, a lot higher than I would have had this gentleman last year, but it is Cam Akers. Now, Cam Akers is on a, one of the best offenses in the NFL. And if you go to um, football guys and look at their snap shares, and look at the snap share that Cam Akers started to play down the end of the, the last season. He absolutely just destroyed a Bill Belichick. Now think about that. He destroyed a Bill Belichick defense. Now I know they had the opt-outs and you can make whatever you want from the encyclopedia of excuses, but he destroyed a Bill Belichick defense. Then I saw them lean on him heavily into playoff games. Now let's just look, and I'm not going to get into yards and receptions. Let's just talk about team rushing touchdowns. They're clearly all not going to go to Cam Akers, but he, the, the running backs and the team in general under McVay, the last four years, 20 rushing touchdowns, 23 rushing touchdowns, 19 rushing touchdowns, 17 rushing touchdowns. So in four years under Sean McVay, this offense has about 20 rushing TDs a season. And under McVay, Todd Gurley had three seasons of double digits or more. He had a 12 touchdown, a 13 touchdown, and a 17 touchdown rushing touchdown season under McVay. Give me that usage. Give me the offense. Give me a, a quarterback upgrade. And in a division where points are going to need to be scored. They play the Cardinals. They play the Seahawks. They play the 49ers. These are all good offensive teams. I absolutely love Cam Akers. And the dude is not even 22 years old. He is young. He is strong. He is in a great spot to absolutely crush in 2021 and in this offense moving forward all right my last guy you haven't heard his name maybe this is a homer pick i do not know but it's jonathan taylor this guy came on uh just came on and just ran roughshod over the last five four or five six games over the end of the last season uh the offensive line is going to stay intact uh, they got Eric Fisher. Now, I don't expect Eric Fisher to play until probably October. He'll probably miss the first four or five games coming off of an Achilles. Still got Quentin Nelson. Still got Ryan Kelly, Glowinski, and Braden Smith. Still a really good top three, top five PFF-graded offensive line. And he got a quarterback upgrade. And no, Carson Wentz is not a statue to the level of Jared Goff. But Carson Wentz is a guy who's had at least 200 yards rushing in every season that he's played in the NFL. So he's clearly more mobile than the the batting cage that is Phil Rivers. Uh, Phil Rivers just does not move. Now he'll just throw the ball at someone's feet and try to avoid getting hit. Uh, I know that can create issues, but go back and watch some of the throws that Carson Wentz made to Miles Sanders, in Miles Sanders' rookie year, there was a dime that he threw to Sanders in the back of the end zone against the football team. And, you know, I know he came into the league with the the misnomer that he couldn't catch the ball, and then he ended his rookie season with like a 95% catch rate. 
Jonathan Taylor in this offense is going to smash, especially early. The Colts play, I think, their first their first handful of games. It's the Seahawks. It's the Ravens. It's the Rams. It's the 49ers. It's a lot of teams that if you're going to try to take the ball out of the hands of those really good offenses, what are you going to do? You're going to lean on JT. I know that's kind of a redraft take, but this guy is as good as gold, and that is why he is my RB1 overall in all of Dynasty, but definitely over these last two classes. So there you go. Uh, Couldn't get with my man Dallas tonight to cut a show, but I will still do this uh, at least two more times. I will stack rank the last two wide receiver classes, and I'll give you the top ten there. And the the tight end class, you'll be lucky if you get the top five. Spoiler alert, Kyle Pitts is number one. Write that write that down. We'll save that one. Maybe, maybe I'll do like the top 12 wide receivers and the top five tight ends from the last two classes. We'll figure that out. But uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. And I appreciate the support, man. The, the downloads have been off the chart. The subscriptions over at YouTube have been off the chart. Again, the support has been tremendous. Can't thank you enough on behalf of Dallas, Jerry, Kyle, Jake, Tyler, Lou, Dr. Kyle, everybody. Everyone here at the DWZ Network appreciates your support. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe, and share the show everywhere. And uh, support our sponsors. I'm getting ready to uh, play a little commercial for my friend Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. He just had a drop last week. Uh, He does a drop three out of four weeks a month. Uh, everything's new, everything is a small batch, so if you see something you like, don't dally. Uh, I learned that lesson the hard way before I was on the team with Hate Brand, and that is, uh, uh, don't don't dally. I missed out on some uh, some shorts, they have the goat shorts, they have the one uh, that, that they call the Mexican blanket. I never got a pair, and I probably never will, because he's probably never going to restock them. That's a bummer. But that's all right. If you go over to Hate Brand Goods and use promo code MEMPHIS, that's right, promo code MEMPHIS at checkout, then you too can be rocking some Hate Brand gear. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I hope you have a great Monday. I hope you have a kick-ass start to your week. But until then, my name is Memphis. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis, and I'll talk to you real soon. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? 
uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. <laughs>